Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/host. Good evening ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Fallout Bar myself, Jack Guy, we're joined by the wonderful Mr. Charlie Hopper. Charlie, how are we doing, buddy? Good, yeah, really good, thanks mate. Um another good um evening of of darts and you know, we're now sort of we know now how sort of the first half of the groups are, are looking ahead of getting into the next uh, the next stages. Yeah, how did you uh, find last night's show? The smashing job, buddy. I tried to tune in as much as I could, having the disaster of a train journey that I always seem to have. It's just yeah, uh, it's... I won't bore everybody with the details, but shock, I didn't travel yeah. very well once again. Yeah. It, 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 it amazing. It really was amazing. You, you're so wary of time as well at, when we come on so late because you want to talk about so much. Um, but when you've got such a long list of matches to go through, you just kind of got to jump through them. And and with the permutations and everything, it was it was great. But you know, look again. It's nice to be sat this side of the camera now, and you know, able to to chat a little bit more about what went on tonight. Yeah, it's even more time conscious when you're the host and Cam's the guy sat in the other seat because he does love a chat, especially as it gets late on, bless him. Um, how is everybody in the chat room as well? Jeez Adventures already in. Joe's in as well. Uh, Dan from the team is in. Uh, Tommy Tornado. Lee's in as well. Lee, um, let, let's start with this, Charlie, right? Well, we'll give people a few minutes to join and that gives us a little bit of time to have a rant. Because, you know, if I'm going to have a reputation for ranting, I might as well keep it up for a little while. <laughs> don't know about anybody else but not digging those split screen moments yeah I'd have to agree with him I love the fact they are trying something new Sky's coverage has needed a little bit of a freshen up they're yeah. trying different combinations on commentary different shots different stat bursts the, the pre-match stuff they're trying to do more interviews and split screen between the players is okay the background of those pre-match interviews I don't particularly like just one color in the back and, and whatever else I'm, I'm not sure but these split screens right the concept I think is really really good 
but the way they're presenting it, I don't like, which is going to sound really daft because the way they are presenting it is exactly how we're currently doing this show for everybody watching. It is two boxes side by side with a background, but our background looks better than theirs. The, the colours are bolder. The, the colours are just a bit lost on what they're doing. Everything that they seem to have dulled down their colours. And I don't know if it's just me not having super HD TV, but the colour scheme that they've gone for in recent years when they've changed scoreboards and when they've changed this background effect, it just looks dull. It's like they've sucked all... I don't even know what the phrase is now. I don't do Photoshop often enough, but the saturation at the colour, they've taken all the vibrancy out. It's just... No, what are you doing? Yeah, it's, it's exactly that. And look, I... I fully commend them for for trying something new um, because a lot of darts um, TV companies are, are sort of very similar in the way that they present it. I mean, Sky is, of, of course, they're leading the way in, in the way that they are um, and they've got to change things up. But I, whether we see this now as a regular fixture in games, I'm, I'm not too sure maybe with, with the reaction that they're going to get from it. But, um, you know, it does, it does as Lee says, it, it does take you away from the action with seeing you know, someone in the background. And again, you're right about the colours and everything like that. Maybe they'll have to they'll have to go back to the drawing board on that one. But it is nice to see a bit of a change up because it's obviously got us um, got us talking about it tonight. Yeah, look, I'm all for trying new things or whatever. They do have a new director slash producer, which is part of the reason why they are trying, trying new things, as well as the fact I think it is time for their coverage to have a little bit of a shake-up anyway. But yeah, there's something just... And I guess the difficulty in what they're trying to do is for every other sport, you'd pretty much go screen in screen or you just go to an instant replay, right? They're clearly trying to mix up their instant replays, but you put screen in screen. So you'd go, I give American sports a lot of abuse on things that they do with adverts and whatever, but I do watch an awful lot and they will have a mini box in the bottom corner whilst the average, whilst the action continues full on because of the ratios in which they've captured everything. It's difficult to lay them next to each other yeah. or go full screen or, or present it nicely. So it needs tarting up a little bit. But I guess the main, the standard view that we have of a game of darts with a split screen anyway and a scoreboard means going screen in screen anywhere on that is incredibly difficult because it's already an incredibly busy screen. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Um, I think the the concept is there. I think it's a it's a good concept to have, but I think it just needs a couple of, of areas to to improve on. But I think if they were to introduce something like this, there was always going to be teething problems anyway, which yeah. you know there, there tends to be with everything. So it'll be interesting to see whether we see it, you know, become a, a feature of the world championships in in a month or so's time, because you know that's arguably one of the most watched um, darts tournaments in, in the calendar. So it'll be interesting to see whether that becomes a feature um, off the back of of, um, of the Grand Slam. Yeah, I'm glad they haven't debuted this at the World Championship because once you try something as well, you've sort of got to stick with it. There's no, oh, we're just going to stop this after the round of 16 because people have fallen out of it. It's, yeah. No, we're going to persevere with this all the way through and we're going to try and justify it and see what reaction it's getting. Look, the fact we're seeing players wrap behind the player is something new and it's going down okay on social media, but the way it's being presented... As people are saying in the chat room. Not great. Anyway, on to the darts, mate. Uh, let's just go in group order. I think that system has worked pretty well for us so far throughout um, the fallout bar on the Grand Summer Darts. So we'll start with Group A. And funnily enough, one of the first games of the evening. I certainly did not expect to be saying this 
at the start of the week, sneaking out of the group potentially, but topping the group three from three, Raymond Van Barneveld. In fact, that'd have been really cool. I don't care that's only supposed to be used on Pro Tour streams and Barney's about to be playing. The man's earned it. What a performance so far in this tournament from Raymond Van Barneveld. Yeah, and to, to be fair, tonight he didn't he didn't even need to play anywhere near his best because Ted Everts was just he was he was he was quite poor tonight, to be quite honest with you. Um I think his scoring let him down massively. Um, you know, four ton ton plus throws and, and two 140s. You can't compete with a level like that. Um, and even if Barney was, you know, not as good as what he was tonight, he'd have still won the game. So disappointing for Ted that he couldn't live up to that, um, to the expectations that we've come to see of him. But Raymond van Barneveld, eh? Topping the group, three from three. It's He must be in dreamland at the moment. Yeah, plus eight leg difference in doing so as well. Again, it's the reigning champion, and one of the most informed players in the world who has not made it out of the group in Dave Chisner. We'll talk about that in a moment. But I think he's spoken really well as well. I do mm. get concerned with Scott. And, and the, look, Barney is a legend of the game and what he's achieved is, will go down in infamy. Five world time titles, brilliant. There's some debate in more recent um, circles about should he have won more and was his legacy damaged the way he walked off and didn't come back, etc. But Barney still goes in an awful lot of people's top five players of all time, right? But because of that, he's been in a stage interview three out of three times. Share it around. There is a very, very big issue right now in terms of the way that Sky are presenting or have presented another player through the last 18 months. And it's not going to get any easier to come tomorrow night either, but special treatment for for that that early on in the night as well in a game that didn't mean anything we'd already heard from him on stage twice why do we need the third yeah. stage interview yeah yeah I, I can see what you mean and i'm not going to mention a certain welshman's name either because that'll get you set off about the treatment that he gets also on the stage from the um from certain <laughs> journalists that ask him the questions i'm not going to get you started on that because we'll be here all night um but yeah you know three from three yeah, you know, interviewing once on the stage—that's all you need to do, don't you? Maybe, maybe last night when he when he, I think he qualified, didn't he last night? So maybe do it then. That's the time. You don't need to do it after he's he's just picked up a routine win over Ted Everts. But you know, they're, they're higher powers than us, I'm afraid. Who who decide um, who decide get what to what to do and, and who to interview? But you know, just chatting about the darts and, and in particular Barney pretty impressive um and of course you know as he goes on in the competition he'll, he'll just have to continue to to hit the level that he's at yeah that's a pre-interview with barney by the canal as well tonight that's a lot of barney for a player that mm. apart from qualify for this hasn't done an awful lot this year but fair play that's the way that sky want to do it what do we know you've only copied our side-by-side -side screen layout for your new camera angles it's cool <laughs> What do we you know? We're just yeah. two humble servants of this game. <laughs> um, elsewhere in Group A, it did come down to a shootout a, little, a lot later in the evening. Uh, Dave Chisnell blowing two match darts to beat uh, Gerwin Price and knock him out at the Aldersley Leisure Village. That's pretty much unheard of. 
because um, <laughs> Gerwin Price's record here is just superb. But as per usual, Gerwin Price does his best Thanos, I am inevitable impression in the deciding leg. Superb victory for him to progress and to take on Danny Nopper in the next round. Mm, yeah, I think my only worry with, with Gerwin Price early stages in, in tournaments like like that is, is how short the, the, the matches actually are. Um, you know, it, it tends to see the longer the games go on, the better Price plays. Um, and he just seems to dominate in, in those form formats. As he said in his post-match interview with Sky, saying that, you know, I've not actually, no, sorry, I shouldn't have even mentioned that. That's, that'll just get you started. Um, <laughs> as he said that, of course, um, the longer format suit him, and, and it does, but big games call for big moments and big players, and that's exactly what going Price is. And when he was needed to turn up with his A game, he did that in the last leg. Yeah, he did indeed. You threw me off there. Oh, no, I was all ready to have a conversation about something, and I can't remember what it was. Ah, pre-match interview. Yes, he was already talking about the quarterfinals and potentially playing Barney again. Why? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Why? Oh, well, yeah. <sighs> Silly man. But, well, yeah. it might pay off now if he can get past Danny Knopper. Um, obviously, as he finishes top. Can you imagine topping the group, going through the battle that you do to make sure you do when you're rewarded? Oh, by the way, you've got the former three-time champion of this tournament because he's already lost to Barney three years post-retirement. You you can't write this sport story anywhere else because the other game, ten, 10 years ago, you'd have said Barney versus Whitlock in a knockout game at the Grand Slam. Yeah, all right. 2022, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Yeah, exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's look at Group B then. And it was Simon Whitlock with a five. That made me well, pretty much the only result for Simon Whitlock that meant he had to wait to find out if he was through or not, uh, beating Christian Perez 5-3. Perez going north from three in the end, but I've been steadily impressed by his performances, especially the 91 average. So he's, he's battled at times. And with the Asian tour returning next year, he's a name we should keep a lookout for, I think. 100%. I mean, there was there was a point in the game when I was questioning whether or not Perez may, may just qualify um, because he played well in the early stages of the game. You know, he, he was really impressing me the way that he went about it, albeit Simon Whitlock was, was nowhere near his best. Um, you know, he, he found himself 2-0 down early doors. Um, but then if he'd have started the game as he ended it, the Wizard, then maybe it would have been a bigger margin of, of, of win because we know exactly what he's like when he's on a roll. Um, but once he got he got into the game, his scoring was there. He was, he, was, he was very, very good, but that's not taking anything away from Perez, who I was really impressed with tonight. Yeah, I guess the story is that a lot of upsets were threatened in the early parts of games in such a short format as well. It, 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 it can be a threat that early because there's not a lot of distance to go to maintain that and get over the line. But not many really materialised this evening. Mentor Sulevich going deep against Danny Nopper as well, but ultimately uh, not beating Nopper, not having limiting Nopper to enough legs to mean that Mentor could get through, etc. Anyway, because of the way that group played out, Noppy top in the group. Two groups so far, two Dutchmen right at the top. And we're going to talk about another one a little bit later as well. The return to form for Dutch darts right now is pretty staggering. 
it is. And the and the great thing to see is there's so many Dutch players that that are at the top of the game at the moment. And you know, if one Dutch player leaves the tournament early, then you you know you've still got a handful that are still there, that are still fighting, that are still contenders to go deep in the tournament. So you know, Dutch darts is in a very very good strong position at the moment. Um, and you know, we're continuing to see players compete at the latter stages of the tournaments now throughout the year. Yeah, I mean, Barney qualified top, Noppert qualified top, Van Dijvenberde qualified top in Group D. We'll talk about that very, very shortly. Van Gerwen top of Group G, two from two so far. Um, he takes on Ross Smith, so a chance to wrap up that group. The only other Dutchman that currently isn't top is Jermaine Watermaner, um, who will take on Leonard Gates tomorrow. We'll talk about Group F very shortly, but there is a possibility that he could finish top of his group as well. That would be a ridiculous, ridiculous return for Dutch darts, given look, Van Gerwen's picked up an awful lot this year, but there hasn't been a lot else since then. We've, we've had Noppet win the UK Open, Van Gerwen three titles. They've been on a bit of a decline for the last few years. Once Barney did retire, there was that, right, who's going to step up and be the number two? Then Van Gerwen took a turn for 18 months, and you're like, they've just emerged once again as this powerhouse of, of PDC darts. Yeah, and how they pick their World Cup team um, is, is honestly unbelievable that the players that they have to choose from is is really special. And, you know, they're, they're, they're definitely a force to be reckoned with at the moment. Yeah, there aren't many times where I advocate B teams in this competition, but when you look at some of the nations at the bottom end or if they were to expand the World Cup and needed to fill a few more spots where to make it a 64, etc., Netherlands would be another side where you'd be looking at a B team going, actually, that's still strong enough to compete and potentially even go and lift the title as we just reeled off name after name after name. Uh, into Group C, then, um, let's talk Michael Smith against Richie Edhouse first because this one was pretty comfortable for Michael Smith. Three from three in the group. Once again from him, I heard a stat on commentary that he's only ever lost three group games at the Grand Slam in his career, which when you consider just how long Michael Smith has been about and the reputation that Michael Smith perhaps has that precedes him about not being able to get over the line. In short, tense formats such as this, to have only ever lost three group games at the Grand Slam is some going for Michael Smith. Yeah, it really is. And tonight he didn't really need to, I mean, say he didn't need to get out a second game. You know, although it's true, he, he still managed to put in 102.2 average, which again is, is exceptional for him. Um, really clinical on the outer ring. And, you know, he didn't really have much um, in terms of an opponent that was pushing him, but he, he still got the job done. Um, I know that, that, you know, he'll still be confident that he can go deep in this tournament. Um, I kind of expected maybe a little bit more from Richie Edhouse, but when you're coming up against a, a ton plus um, average, you've you've really got to match it or better it to, to, be, to stand a chance. Um, and he didn't really get many chances you could see. And you know which way the game went when he when he finally got a check out and he, the hands were in the air and he was just laughing about it. And you could, that just shows how good Michael Smith was on the night. He was He was pretty clinical. Yeah, I guess it's fair to say it didn't really happen for Rich Edhouse in this tournament. One of the players that came through the, the qualifying tournament, one of eight, still think that's way too many. Um, fantastic player on the floor this year, hits a shed load of 180s and is more than capable, but his best average of the week was today in 89. And I think a lot of that was carried by the fact that Michael Smith was so, so good. He just didn't get a chance to miss doubles or have that extra visit that potentially could have brought it down. He never really settled up on that stage. 
and, and those three performances combined um, perhaps showed that despite the victory over Lisa Ashton, just an 85 average in that one as well. Yeah, and, and I think the thing about Michael Smith is because he throws so quick that you don't have a chance to compose yourself. So when the when the one forces are going in, when he's when he's flying through the scoring, you, you don't have a chance really to to think about where the game is going because you once again you're throwing again. So he didn't get the opportunity tonight. It, it's just one of those things. You you never know what Michael Smith's gonna turn up tonight. One of the, the the best Michael Smith turned up. Probably still got even more in the tank. Um, but as you say, Richie Edos just didn't get an opportunity um, on the outer ring to to potentially affect the game. Yeah. Um, the other game in this group was another one of those that threatened an early upset. Lisa Ashton mm. missed three darts at double eight for a four one lead on Joe Cullen and after that the wheels sort of just came off for Lisa. She started like an absolute train. It was shades of that performance against Jan Decker in the opening set of the World Championship at Ali Pali just a few years ago. Joe Cullen was not playing badly at that point. He was just being completely outplayed on the scoring phase of the legs. And Lisa Ashton was a woman on a mission as a as a walk on music goes. But Joe Cullen stayed calm up this average, up to 97 in the end, reels off four legs on the spin. You could see the relief when he pinged the double for the fifth leg after Lisa had missed those three at double eight. Um, and he just went through the gears and, and stayed calm, stayed professional, didn't get involved in the crowd, didn't get involved in the moment, got the job done and put himself into the next round. Yeah, and look, I know it's, it's only a short format with it being first to five, but he won't have been panicking at all. You know, 2 nil down, he, 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 there was pressure on him and Lisa was throwing some exceptional that um you know i was watching her thinking this 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 could be an upset and at 3-1 i was i was definitely advocating that at the point but then as you say the wheel started to fall off and joe cullen just reeled her back in um leg by leg took his opportunity when he needed to and that's what that's what that's why joe cullen is such an exceptional player um is that he can do that in in the moments when he needs to shame for lisa ashton though because that would have been quite a big upset really on the on the night because she as you say she came out the blocks flying well at 4-1 up she's looking at potentially 5-1 5-2 victory at that point which would have swung her leg difference in the complete opposite direction. She would have moved from minus five to minus two, minus one. Cullen would have taken a hit as well at that point. Mm. There was a chance she might have snuck out the group on just the one win as well at that point. Michael Smith completing the job on Richie Edhouse would have taken a big leg difference swing in that one. But there was that opportunity as well. So perhaps that was playing on her mind just a little bit. Uh, Tommy asked a good question, though. Uh, is Lisa running out of time to win a game on the TV against the Met? It'll, it'll, it will come. It will happen. Um, tonight was probably a very good opportunity to do that. And I think she probably will look back and think, 3-1, I'd darts for 4-1. You know, that was the opportunity for me. But, you know, it, it will come if she continues to perform like that. It's just the drop between the two and, and the missed darts at the crucial time. If she can iron that out and, and at the time when it comes, she takes it out, it's 4-1. Joe then may start to panic at that point because he needs to be he needs to be squeaky clean. He can't afford a, a, a mess up. Then it would have come. But I potentially, I do believe she will win games on TV against the men. It's just whether she can take the opportunity when it comes, which she couldn't do that tonight. Yeah, positive signs for Ashton in those opening legs as well. That was... Her average was 
better than we've seen it in recent performances, not quite getting to that level at the seniors, not quite producing that level in the last eight events, or seven events, shall we say, she missed one of those for the women's series since Bo Greaves return. Steady to start with, but as we said, that drop-off just costing her in the end. Um, Joe Collins' reward for finishing second in the group is a match against the three-from-three three, Dirk van Dijvenboda from Group D. Um, he was superb once again, uh, taken all the way by Martin Schindler in the opening game, um, solid against Rob Cross in the second game as, as Cross had a little bit of a fall-off and then just did a job on Adam Gow last today who hit shed loads of 180s. Um, had a bit of fun up there, knew he was already out. Um, Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. But solid from that. Yeah, and look, I think the um, the point to say is that obviously Adam Gowers is, is under a little bit of pressure. Um, I know they were talking about it at the start to say that, you know, potentially he may he may be under pressure of, of his toe card and, and things like that. So there'll be a lot going on in his mind. And he came out and he, he kind of seemed a little bit subdued at the start. And then he started to take, break the throw. And I was, and I maybe he was thinking, this isn't as going as bad as I thought it was going to go. And and then he started to throw for fun and he was he was pinning 180s for fun. And Dirk just doesn't get involved with that sort of stuff. He just went on with his game, which is the best thing to do for him. And again, showed why he's so admired by many people in the sport because a 98 average 55% on his doubles again it was a really good performance from him and I wouldn't want to play him in the next round that's for sure no certainly not he's just producing that extra level now he's, he's finding those extra gears he's going more consistently deeper in the TV majors this year when he did make that Grand Prix final it was a little bit out of nowhere and there was a lot of hyper ironing for the next nine to twelve months He's entertaining. The walk-on is brilliant. He gets people going, etc. He hits a shed loads of 180s. He wears his heart on his sleeve. He's emotional, but that was a professional performance against Adam Gow last today that just adds another string to his bow. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, he could have potentially been dragged into the fact that Adam Gowles was, was obviously up there for a bit of fun and, you know, was just enjoying his experience. But Dirk just got the job done. And maybe that shows how he's matured over the last couple of months in terms of him being uh, a really strong um competitor and and will now go the distance but again as you as we talk about all the time dutch darts 
it's just showing that the strength is there. And yes, he had he hit a high, maybe dro- he drops off a little bit, but he's starting to just rise again. And, you know, impressive, impressive, impressed me tonight. Um, and yeah, his scoring was brilliant. His finishing was brilliant. He, uh, you know, he definitely is a force to be reckoned with in the tournament. Speaking of uh, going the distance, Rob Cross, Martin Schindler, the other group, the other game in this group, sorry. Um, Martin Schindler will be absolutely kicking himself right now, won't he? He will. He will. He'll be, yeah, and it's, it wasn't even a game that was affected by it. It was just a straight shootout. And he will have known, and he had darts, and you know he'll be he'll be shooting. You know he, he can't, he won't be able to believe it. I don't think. I think he'll be thinking, "How did I let that one go?" And Rob Cross will be probably will probably look at this and think, "That was my chance. Now this is my chance to go on in the tournament, you know, and and take the the opportunity, the bit of luck that I've had." Um, but yeah, it was. It, I didn't know which way the game was going to go, but I, I'd backed Martin Schindler when he started to um, to to get control of the game. It just let at the crucial time, he just couldn't find the double. Yeah, and I suppose that's the key moment. And with that, he is eliminated. Uh, so that does wrap up groups A to D. The players to progress Raymond Van Barneveld, Gerwin Price, Danny Knopper, Simon Whitlock, Michael Smith, Joe Cullen, and Dirk Van Dijvenboda, Rob Cross. Perhaps the biggest and only real shock in there is Dave Chisnell not progressing given the form that he's been in at the moment. Uh, averaged over 100 twice uh, in the group phase and fails to get out, uh, losing 5-3 to Barney, 101, not enough to defeat Gerwin Price earlier today, uh, and a 5-2 victory over Ted Evitz on Sunday. Uh, so that does mean the last 16 matches are as follows. Roma Van Barneveld will take on Simon Whitlock, uh, Gerwin Price against Danny Nopper, Michael Smith against Rob Cross and Joe Cullen will take on Dirk Van Dijvenboda. Uh, let's move on then to look ahead to tomorrow on the final group games in groups E to H. But before we do that, a quick reminder to hit that like button and give us a thumbs up, subscribe and all of the rest of that, please, folks. And if you do want to get involved, do make sure you fire into the chat room. We'll try and get your predictions up on screen uh, as we go through the next bit. We won't ask for scores for every single match. We might ask you who you see getting out of the group in various situations. Uh, group E then, Charlie. Uh, currently, uh, Peter Wright sits top on four points. Nathan Aspelon on two, Alan Suter on two, and Fallon Sherrick has been eliminated after going north from two so far. Um, games tomorrow, Alan Suter against Fallon Sherrick and Peter Wright against Nathan Aspinall. Um, that Aspinall suitor game could turn into a bit of a shootout. If, if Suits gets the job done on Sherrick with a decent enough leg difference, um, right Aspinall could be an absolute belter. And given the fact that Peter's partner is currently going through a few health problems, he hasn't looked great this week and might be in a bit of trouble. Yes, I mean, look, I think this this group is set up really nicely for um, for for it all, and and of course, he hasn't looked very, he hasn't looked great. He's just got over the line. He got over the line against Suits. Well, he crawled over the line really um, against Alan Suter. For me, I am going to throw it out. I think it's going to be Nathan Aspinall, um, and I think it's going to be Alan Suter. That's who I'm going to go for. I think Aspinall beats right, and then Suter gets the job done over Fallon Sherrick, but. We know what Fallon Sherrick's like. She may pull out a performance 
um, that we haven't seen yet and 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 topple him and and you know um, things could go in different directions. But hey, you never know. Sherrick could upset the odds and and beat. Alan Suter, um, but as you say, Peter Wright just hasn't looked himself um, this week at all. I'm just doing some sums really quickly. I think if Suits was to win five now, I think that guarantees him progression. He would move to a plus five leg difference, four points. Wright would be on the same, and Aspinall plus three on two points. That means any win for Wright puts him through. Any win for Aspinall would take a leg off of Peter Wright, which would put him below Suter. So a five nil for Suter guarantees progression. Fallon's not been at her best so far, which she's played okay, but her doubling has struggled and let her down. In fact, her scoring has pretty much matched the two players that she's played so far, Aspinall and Peter Wright. And if you'd offered her that at the start of the week, I'm sure she'd have said, yes, please. I've, I've had my chances against those two players. Um, so a 5-0 for Suter gets the job done. A 5-1 puts him in between Aspinall and Wright, which means a 5-4 win for Asp would put all three level. Now, that could be very, very interesting. That would be legs against the throw and all sorts, which, by the way, can we just have a conversation very, very quickly about how stupid that is? The minute they're tied on points and leg difference, we want a nine-dart shooter. We don't want anything else. Sack the rest off. Averages should never be a decision for who qualifies. Click that, send it to whoever you want. Yeah, I mean, how, how amazing would it be if three were all on the same? I would. In my, in my, I'd just get all three of them on the stage. Yeah, it should be. It should be a three-way. All three of them, and they will all just throw. Yeah, I, I, a hundred percent. And the fact that it's going to go no legs, it'll be <laughs> leg difference, legs against the throw, right. and then averages, tournament average, clear off. Got no time for that. Get in the yeah, bit. I agree. Right, so that's the situation. So five-one or five-nil for Suter, and he is in the driving seat massively in with a chance of going through, especially legs against throw at that point. 5-2 or, or whatever else for suits, he'd be looking for Wright to do a job on Aspinall. If Aspinall were to do a significant or a close job on Peter Wright, it gets a little bit interesting. A close job for Aspinall could potentially take Peter Wright through with him, which, would you want to do that when you've potentially got him again in the quarterfinals, which, again, is Stupid. Uh, any right for Pete, any win for Peter, right? And obviously, all of this is completely null and void anyway. Um, how do you see the group playing out? Is basically where I'm trying to get this conversation to. Yeah, it's it's again. This is what this is what makes it so exciting, isn't it? That so many different results and and um, different leg um, differences means that you know players are in and then players are out. But I'm I'm going to stick by um, it being. Alan Souter, and I think Nathan Aspinall beats Peter Wright. I'd love to see all, um, I'd love to see, you know, them potentially be a real close one with, with players maybe level on on um, on legs and, and everything like that. But I'm going to go with with that. Um, it's just whether Fallon Sherrick can can pull off a, a decent performance or get close enough to, um, to Alan Souter. Yeah, Suits averages so far 91 to beat Nathan Aspel in a bit of a scrap. 95 in a 5-4 loss to Peter Wright. I'm still not quite sure how he did manage to lose that mismatch darts. And he'd be already through at this point. He would have confirmed his spot in there. Um, I think we're going to see a bit of bite from Fallon tomorrow. Obviously, the interview with Sport in Life. And basically, for those that don't know, today and tomorrow, there is um, media commitments going on at 
the Grand Slam ahead of the tournaments coming up for the rest of the year. Um, Barney mentioned that he's doing some World Championship press tomorrow. It's when the players have got their day off, it's inverted. So Group E to H were speaking today and Group A to D were will speak tomorrow when they're not playing, etc. So I think that was an open thing. It's just they published first and, and got that interview out. Um, I, I think she's going to do something. There's that, there's that bit of fight to her. There's that little bit of, actually, no, it, it's all gone against me a little bit in the last few weeks. And I'm going to prove to everybody that I've still got it. I've still the player that achieved all those things. And if she does put it together on the outer ring, the pressure will come on Alan Sita. We've seen it multiple, multiple times. She was a dart away from two apiece with Peter Wright and then would have been thrown for the next leg and had a darts in that one as well, how it played out. So there haven't been terrible performances. They just haven't been brilliant so far. <laughs> We're back. You could have jumped in and carried on. No, I was still backstage. Yeah, you not signed in. No. It should do that automatically. Right, next time, you're signing in as well, just in case. I know. Well, the only reason why I didn't was because I, I, I came on the call a lot earlier than you. So I thought maybe it's because I'm on it that he can't get on it. But, you know, don't matter. We'll leave that to, to another right. time. <laughs> Apparently, wired. I'm wired in. If it was just Wi-Fi that I could understand, right, that, that's an issue. But I'm <laughs> hardwired in to a ridiculously high-speed internet. It's, it's a joke. Anyway, sorry for the delay, folks. We will chop that bit out if you are listening back as a podcast. <laughs> so if you think you missed something, there won't be that awkward silence. Everybody else are watching, thank you very, very much. Um, where were we? Uh, we're looking forward to how Group G will play out. <laughs> no, we're not. You've just no. done that. I think Fowler might do a result on Alan too, so I think she's got performance brewing. I think Nathan Aspinall will do a job on Peter Wright as well. And at that point, Wright and Aspinall will progress together. They can fight over who finishes top on leg difference. <clears throat> Ta-da! Done. Group F. <laughs> Johnny Clayton has already assured his spot in the knockouts uh, after two 5-0 wins. I think he would be the first player ever to win three games 5-0, 5-0, 5-0 at the Grand Slam of Darts. I've heard of Phil Taylor doing two 5-0s and a 5-1 once, maybe even twice, but nobody has gone 5-0, 5-0, 5-0. For the rest of the year pre-tournament, if you'd told me Johnny Clayton's about to break a record against Damon Hetter by winning 5-0, I'd have laughed you out of the room. But he just cannot produce on TV right now, and he, he said that himself yesterday. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Um, look, I think the group... Group F ends um, as it is now. I don't think it changes. I think Jermaine Bottomini gets over the line against um, Leonard Gates. And, and I think Johnny Clayton, in the way that he's playing in the dominant fashion, um, will just um, will have too much for Damon Hetter. Whether he can do it 5-0, 5-0, 5-0, that would be quite a, a headline for people. But yeah, the ferret is is definitely the one that, that people are keeping their eye on at the moment. And, you know, I think he's got, he's got every opportunity um, to break the record. He has indeed. Perhaps a little bit surprising as well. We just said how Damon Hatter can't really produce on the TV. It's not been Johnny's brilliant best year on the TV either. Finished top of the table in the Premier League, didn't convert that into a title and hasn't really been close to a TV win 
for the rest of the year, which considering the amount of titles he's picked up in the last 24 to 30 months, that's a little bit surprising on his behalf. But so far, solid jobs on Leonard Gates and Jermaine Watamena, who Watamena was scarily quite good in that opening match against Damon Hetter. Um, you expect from here Clayton and Watamena to progress, though, don't you? Watamena takes on Leonard Gates. Clayton against Hetter. Hetter would need a big win. Hetter would need a bigger win against Johnny Clayton than whatever Watamena manages against Leonard Gates. Mm. I'm not sure I see that happening. Does no, anybody? I think, I think it ends as we see it now, in that it's it's Watamena who who gets the last place. Um, who the last available place um over Damon Hetter. So I think he gets the gets a pretty convincing win against Leonard Gates. Yeah, especially and Johnny cannot be caught at the top, by the way. Yeah. If Jermaine or Damon beat him, they're they're twelve legs behind and you can only have a ten leg swing in this. So Johnny is guaranteed to finish top of the group. A nice place to be, because there aren't many people that can can say that. Van Gogh is qualified but not guaranteed to be top. I think Humphreys might be similar. Yeah, Humphreys qualified but not guaranteed to be top in the rest of the group. So a nice spot for Johnny Clayton heading in to tomorrow. Um, we spoke to him yesterday in his post-match interview that is available on our YouTube channel as well. Obviously, as usual, Phil Bars is at Wolverhampton getting post-match reactions from all of the players. Uh, we will return to putting clips into the show uh, from Wednesday evening once we get to the knockout stage, more, uh, less games per evening, but picking which ones and clipping them and putting into the show tonight and for the rest of the group stages just didn't really make sense for us. Um, but they are available in full on the YouTube channel that you are currently watching this show on. Uh, group G then, Charlie, let's try and race through these as we've just lost about four or five. We were doing really well for time tonight as well. We were. We were doing so well. <laughs> Absolutely fine. Uh, group G, Luke Woodhouse, Nathan Rafferty, Mark Van Gogh and Ross Smith, the four players involved. Uh, it would take an absolute miracle, I think, for Nathan Rafferty to qualify from here. Um, we need a significant leg difference turnaround. I mean, a big win against Luke Woodhouse would put him in contention with a big win for Marco Van Gogh and over Ross Smith, potentially. means that's on the cards right now, but not sure I see that happening in this one. You've got to fancy MVG to get through. The issue is it's MVG versus Ross Smith. The European champion could be heading home if he takes a beating and Luke Woodhouse gets the job done over Nathan Rafferty. That is the that's the the permutation because obviously MVG has has um, has already qualified, so he's in a very very good position. But it's whether MVG then takes his foot off the gas. I, I don't see that happening. I don't know. I think MVG beats Ross Smith, and I think Luke Woodhouse. Beats Nathan Rafferty, so we could be in for again a, a position in which we have you know has to win by a certain amount of legs or, or something like that. But um, I think it's going to be quite a close one between Ross Smith and, and Michael Van Gerwen, and I think Luke Woodhouse commands the game against Nathan Rafferty and and you know probably beats him five two five three. It's just whether the leg swing will be enough for him to to you know obviously leapfrog and 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 get through if Ross Smith wins. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, I think I'm looking at Van Gogh and what else to progress here. I think Ross Smith has 
been a little bit unfortunate the way that he lost that first match to, to Luke Woodhouse could indeed come back to bite him on the proverbial backside. Uh, let's fly into Group H then. Luke Humphreys has been superb so far, two from two in the group of death, as it was known at this point. Um, Scott Williams uh, lags behind in bottom spot. He takes on Ryan Sell and Luke Humphreys against Josh Rock. Um, that group could still get really, really interesting. As I said, Humphreys is there, but not guaranteed so far, given that he plays Josh Rock and a big win for Rock would send both of their leg differences spiralling in opposite directions. Ryan Searle's not out of it by any stretch. And I'm not even too sure a big win for Rock, a big win for Humphreys and a big win for Scott Williams could potentially put him in the hunt as well. So all four players can still qualify from Group H. How do you see that one going? Again, that's that's a hard one to um to 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 predict because Luke Humphreys was so dominant, or he has been so dominant throughout this this uh, this tournament. I think he beats Josh Rock, um, providing that he plays well. If he doesn't play well, then Josh Rock will can do the job over him, and we've seen him do that on the floor tournament so many times. Um, and I think Ryan Searle beats um Scott Williams, and I think then that op- gives him an opportunity here where it'll be Ryan Searle and Luke Humphreys that goes that go through. Um but it's all dependent on how Luke Humphreys plays against Josh Rock because we know how impressive um he's been in the last couple of months. Amazingly look Luke Humphreys has beaten Scott Hum- Scott Williams five two and average hundred and seven to beat Ryan Searle five one in that second group game. I think this group is all about Josh Rock right now. All about Josh Rock right all now. dependent on him. Right against Scott Williams, but if Josh Rock from the pro tour of the last few weeks and months turns up against Luke Humphreys, yeah. he's more than capable of spinning this entire group on its head. As is Scott Williams. Because that's the other thing as well. If Josh Rock doesn't turn up, Scott Williams does turn up. The Scott Williams that we've seen in Portsmouth at the Super Series do wonderful, ridiculous things where perhaps he's not trying to be a maverick too much at times and, and just plays his darts, then this is still wide open. The, the safe bet is that Humphreys and Ronsell make it through, given the way that people have played so far. But this could quite easily turn out to be absolutely anything. It could. What was that? Humphreys is through. Yeah, so that's the guarantee we know. Nailed We've nailed that one because he's already guaranteed to have qualified. Perfect. Yeah. It's Super just going to be. It's just going to be. You know, which player turns up on the night, isn't it? Really. Um, and if we know if Josh Rock turns up, then you know we could see the the you know the top two go through. And it's just it's just this is the, that's the beauty, isn't it? Where all three players are, are trying to go in for one position um, to get through. But you know, it just depends as we say, what player turns up. Um, and if the proto Josh Rock turns up, then we could be in for, you know, an interesting uh, an interesting evening. Yeah, we could indeed, as we were this evening. Big, big thanks to you, Charlie, for joining me once again this evening. Sorry to everybody watching for the internet issues once again. Oh, I hate that sometimes. Um, but we do appreciate you've all stuck with us throughout the evening and through to the end of the show. Uh, reminder, we'll be back tomorrow. I say we'll be back. Uh, neither of us are on tomorrow. Uh, we will have the wonderful Mr. Boyce in the hot seat where I am. And he'll be joined by Dan, who I believe is sat watching at the minute as well. So a okay. uh, new combination for you guys tomorrow night to talk through 
the conclusion of group E to H. That is right, isn't it? Close enough. Yeah, that'll do. Yeah. One of four groups of the Grand Slam before we head into the knockout phases. Don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe to the channel before you guys all do leave and follow us on social media. Uh, big reminder that all of the interviews post-match from all the players that have won uh, is available on our YouTube channel as well. And if you haven't done so already, a little plug for myself as well. Uh, there's a couple of interviews from the World Seniors Darts Championship qualifiers from Reading over on the World Seniors Darts Tour YouTube channel as well. So go and check out those from Mike Huntley and Dennis Harbour. What a name that is, throwing it back. Uh, thanks to you guys all for joining us this evening. We really do appreciate it. We'll be back tomorrow once again with the Fallout Bar. Thanks, guys. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.